I'm Andrew Zaki. This is the From the Pews podcast, where we have conversations about truth, culture, love, and power from a Christian perspective. The following is a conversation with my friend Abe Gattas about the meaning of life, why they're suffering, what heaven is like, and so much more. I'm so excited to have you on, man. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. This is a real special treat for me because um, usually I'm interviewing people who I don't really know, who I'm kind of just getting to know, not my friend, but I consider you a good friend. So I'm really excited about this. And thanks for making the time. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. And uh, I'm excited to be here. And I'm really excited that there's a a Coptic Christian that's doing a podcast, actually. That was one thing that I was so excited to hear you're doing these um, kind of podcast videos. I think that's something that we need and can benefit and outreach a lot of people. So I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm not the only one doing it. I think there's a lot more. I just don't, I don't see them like on YouTube or posting videos. But um, yeah, I think a lot of cats in Australia are doing some and things like that. I, I haven't seen any from like the hierarchs and things like that. I wish they would do some kind of, yeah. you know, more widespread uh, service like this where it can be accessible to anyone. I see the Catholics doing that. I see yeah. some Orthodox. Um, um, but yeah, it is what it is. We all do our part and I'm lucky to have you on today. Um, do you want to do you want to tell people our love story or, or do you want to skip that part? No, no, we can do a, <laughs> we can do a, we can talk about our love story. No problem. Uh, so uh, my name's is Abraham, Gattas, 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 whatever you prefer. And I, uh, <clears throat> I live in Houston. Um, I live out here. I've been out here now two years. But I met Andrew, um, I think it was probably 2018-ish, give or take, when I lived out in Long the Beach. LBC. The yeah. LBC, yeah. <laughs> I lived out there, and I got close with uh, a good group of guys, Andrew being one of them, and a few other guys as well, too. And then um, I moved out here, uh, got married. I work as a psychiatrist in uh, the VA out here in Houston. I actually worked at the VA out in Long Beach and then <clears throat> transferred over here. And uh, I'd probably say a lot of the service or help I can provide to uh, the church or community is kind of that overlap, if you will, of mental health and and spirituality, psychiatry, what have you, especially now it's become like huge that fold. It used to be a lot more hush-hush, but now it seems like every church has someone that's talking about stress or depression, anxiety, mental health stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I've I've known Andrew for a few years now. He's a great guy, and um, all right, all right. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. Cut. <laughs> uh, no, man. Yeah, it is. It is getting. I feel really trendy to talk about all these kind of issues. It's like. Uh, I never felt it was actually taboo, but everyone kind of says, oh, it was so taboo in our church. Uh, I never felt that way. I just think nobody knew what they were talking about. <laughs> so yeah. no one was really educated in those subjects until they started studying it in the States. I mean, who studies that kind of stuff in Egypt? I think it's probably rare, at least, you know, our parents' generation. Right, um, right. But now, you know, you got the young bucks who don't want to be engineers and stuff anymore. So there's like... Uh, Let's do something maybe I, I'm kind of interested in. And I'm, I'm really interested in all kinds of uh, the psychology, sociology, all that stuff. It's really fascinating. Um, 
one thing I uh, I like about you, Abe, since we're both kind of like just uh, kind of kiss each other uh, live right now, uh, is uh, that you do you do like getting into these these kind of deep conversations. Um, you don't shy away from them, um, and you you brought up a, a kind of an acronym, uh, glue, mm. one time when we were hanging out. Uh, out of nowhere, <laughs> but it was great. Uh, can you tell us about what glue is and like? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, talking about the whole podcast stuff. You know, there's a famous Catholic podcaster. His name was Matt Frad. It's a podcast called Pints with Aquinas. You know, uh, like like you mentioned, a lot of the Catholics have a lot of podcasts, and they have a, a lot of good material. And and he had a guest on, and and they were just talking about how much there's. Um, like so much fluff out there in conversations. Like we don't really speak in depth anymore, or at least that's what I feel. Um, mm -hmm. And he talked about this acronym called GLUE conversations, which are essentially conversations that are geared towards God, which is the G, obviously, um, life, universe, and then everything else. So his point was that, you know, when we're younger, probably like, you know, still child, children and innocent and looking at the world from a very awe uh, point of view. We used to have like deep conversations, what we wanted to be, where does this come from? And it's kind of paradoxical because when we're younger, people like look at you like, oh, they're just having nonsense conversations. But now that like we're older and, you know, we're in adulthood, it's really those conversations we need all the more, I feel. Um, and, and it's not even a, it's not even just about spirituality. It's like, like that existential, like, and I think that's why the acronym is God, life, universe, like purpose, value, mm -hmm. meaning, why are we here? And I think that's, you know, that's something that's been on my mind a while, because honestly, outside of a handful of people, really, those conversations are kind of non-existent, you know, and, um, it's almost to the point where at times I'll, I'll get a little bitter that, you know, we're not talking in depth, you know, and it's usually for one of two reasons. One, I don't want to be that guy um, that, oh, he's bringing up this talk about life or the universe or, or God. And, and then it gives that attitude of he's holier than thou. Right. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want to, you know, be that person that um, makes people uncomfortable as well, too, because for a lot of people, it's not something um, that they want to talk about. So that's been something that's kind of been on my mind, having those really deep, meaningful conversations, like enough talk about the weather. Yeah, we can talk about the Lakers not making the playoffs. That's great. And <laughs> that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Here. But, and those are fine like i have those convos yeah i like to joke i like there's a time to mess around but i feel like in general those in-depth convos especially outside of like a spiritual meeting or youth meeting it's really and maybe you can relate that you can really only have deep convos with really a a handful of people that, that you feel are <clears throat> that fairly understand yeah where you're coming from i feel like i can have uh, deep conversations about the person themselves and their life but not the existential stuff purpose uh god things like that on a, on with at least you know the average person um i don't know why that is um i'm also kind of uncomfortable talking about it myself um i remember recently actually um Actually, one of the times we were hanging out, one of our mutual friends, we we saw these kind of like group of girls sitting down and um, he wanted to approach them, sit down with them. They, they looked like something really serious was going on. One of them looked like they were crying. Uh, we ended up sitting down with them and, and they asked us like, what, what is the meaning of life? Wow. This was like late night out, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was like so shocked that this question came um, at that time. Uh, and but both of us, we we knew the answer. I, at least probably we knew the Sunday school textbook answer. Right. But 
we didn't we didn't we didn't give that answer we didn't share, I, don't, I don't know why we didn't feel comfortable sharing that answer um and i don't know why, why do you think that is i feel like it's hard to maybe it's maybe it's just i didn't want to be preachy i didn't maybe i didn't even believe it myself i don't know what it was um, yeah yeah i didn't have that conviction i was just like oh this is the the conversation ended up being really nice and they were they were great and we just had a really fun chat about actually life and other stuff but but i never shared like you know yeah this is the purpose of life god yeah blah 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 um, yeah no that's a that's a great story i mean i think the amazing part of that story is that i mean i don't know what those girls were going through or what have you or what's going on with them but at the end of the day inside every person is that question what what's the purpose of life right so i think no matter what we think or if we feel bitter about bringing something up or no one's going to respond i think that question is inside everyone man mm -hmm. whether whether they want to believe it or not and i think that's a good point you know i mean sometimes when i'm like i know this is a setting i know something popped in my head that reminds me of god or or something in the cynicsar or something i read about like i want to say it but i i am the same way sometimes i feel like i don't want to be too preachy mm -hmm. but but then again, and it's crazy because we had kind of like a men's meeting last night. It's a thing in, in, it's in part of the Southern Diocese, but there's a chapter in Houston called Brave Men Ministries. I'm not, I think you might have seen it on Facebook, but I was talking to the priest in Austin, Abuna Benjamin, and I told him that. And he's like, you know, keep preaching, keep talking, you know? He's mm -hmm. like, how people respond to you. That's on them. You know, if you're coming from a good place and honestly have these valid questions and want to stir a conversation, if they respond, they respond. If they don't, it kind of, it is what it is, you know, but, but even like, it's crazy because random people, you know, I often find those are the moments where you really see God working the most, even sometimes more than him working within your loved ones. When you see a random person on the street or someone crying and you, you go up to them, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's it's that thread that kind of links all of us together. All of us are part of the creation. We're all created in God's image and we're all longing for that, you know, is this really it? Is this, you know? Well, yeah. And I think like, imagine, you know, you imagine your nights out, right? Or imagine everyone else in those, in those settings. They, I think, I think, I actually think those situations actually bring that kind of question out the most, right? Because you're like, why am I here? What, what am I doing here, right? What's the exactly. purpose of this, right? I feel like we're all kind of just like grinding away during the week. Uh, right. So we have permission to enjoy this weekend and to do it all over again on Monday and wait exactly. for Friday. And it's like, what is what is this cycle about here? You know, you, And you realize it when you're not getting that satisfaction in the weekend. You're like... This is what I'm. This is what I'm grinding for. Like this is what it's for. Um, if you're not going to church, I'm sure it feels more especially uh, stronger. That kind of like, what am I doing here? Um, feeling. But yeah, I, think, I mean, I always know, say. Sorry to interrupt. I, I no, always no, no, say, no. man. I always use this phrase, and uh, you know, we're just like ants running around sometimes. You know, like from one thing to the next, busy body in work, here comes the weekend. Weekends now are seem they're going by faster and faster. Here comes the uh, the Sunday scaries back to Monday again. And it's like, I just step back and I'm like, what the heck are we doing in this world? Man? Yeah. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> like, honestly, I always say to my, like, what are we doing? Man? Like, what yeah. is this? this there's... There's something else, man. There's something else, you know. Um, I told you about the, you had that quote about from Seneca, and I told you I had like skimmed through his book on the shortness of life. Mm. And he talks about uh, men who lament and complain about life is so short. And he's like, you know, life is not so short. Uh, we just waste, most of us waste most of, most of life. Mm. Um, and some of us are so busy that we that we never like it live you know that we yeah. never enjoy life itself um <clears throat> but that kind of makes me think like 
if we're if the things we're doing are just busy waste of time for the most part distracting us from li really living in our work and our uh, extracurriculars then you know how what are we supposed to be doing with our time like like if i you know i have a i have a nine to five job five days a week and whatever so should i look for <laughs> should i be looking for something else that every day i feel like this is my purpose or is that necessary or are we supposed to find that kind of purpose within whatever we're doing or does it not matter or like does it end up does not actually matter how we're spending our time as long as we're spending it in a godly way um, that's a that's a great question man yeah i mean I, i'm not gonna lie i i i have my days where i'm working and i'm just like i just want to submit my two weeks right now and just quit <laughs> that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, dude, <laughs> that's like a tuesday for me dude. yeah <laughs> i mean that was, that was two hours ago that, i mean not to say i don't like what i do you know no but, me neither yeah it's yeah it's, it's you feel like you could be doing something so much more exactly exactly and especially the meaningful. days where i yeah especially the days where i feel like you know, did I bring value to me? Did I bring value to someone else? Did I bring value to this world, what I did today in, uh, in my job and so forth? But I have those thoughts all the time. Like, you know, I'll have these random fleeting thoughts. Like, what if I just went and bought a rural home in the middle of Nebraska? That's like a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Just Montana for me. Montana. We can go. That's what the Unabomber did, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and just like live a very simple life, you know, get your Wi Fi in your cabin, just live every day, hunt, you know, live that simple life, find something with meaning. You know, I'll, I'll have that fleeting thought. Of course, probably will never do that, but. Um, I don't know, man. I think I think it's I think it's a problem with with <clears throat> us, man. I think it's a it's an individual like it's it's a humanity problem. I think if we polled so many people, yeah, they'll feel uh, probably ninety ninety five percent. I mean, if you look at the literature, the rate of burnout, the rate of purpose, the rate of substance use. You know, I think generally speaking, we're all trying to find that you know, what gives us value and what helps us. And then, I mean, of course, the Sunday school answer and what we believe is Christ and, and God and so forth. But a lot of times the individual, I know I've had my very tough moments with faith as well, too, you know. Um, not that I'm outright denying Christ or anything like that, but my moments when I'm in spiritual lulls mm -hmm. and I feel like that bleeds into my work my social life, my family life, and makes me feel a little bit more bitter. And then I start thinking, what's the purpose? And the and the main crux of the problem was my personal well-being in regards to relationship with with God and, and the church and so mm -hmm. forth. So, I mean, definitely I feel like times that I've had that bitterness feeling with purpose and life and value has been times where I've been far from God and far from the church, no doubt about it. Yeah. Have you ever had those kind of periods in your life? Uh, you know, it could be a day, it could be a week where you're like, man, what's the point of getting up today? You know, and yeah. you just you just don't want to get up. I think a lot of people go through that. Um, oh, yeah. And they don't have like because you've had you've had the opposite for sure in life where you're motivated. You want to get up early. You want to live. You want to do something. Is it is it idealistic? Is it like uh, naive to think you can live every day like that? Like is that, like who who's who lives like that actually? Like, like wakes every, up and smile like, on their face, alarm like, went off. Yes, I'm so excited that this is a new day, and I can't wait to do whatever. No man, are there people really living like that every day? I don't think so, man. I really, <clears throat> I, I really don't, you know. And I try to be a realist with things, but I think all of us go through this comprehensive struggle of value the, of the hermit motivation. in the monastery the hermit absolutely him you know, too him too actually it's uh, interesting you brought that up i mean to kind of you know go on a little sidebar on you mm -hmm. know you know john cassian one of the writers and 
the fourth century who documented the lives of, of the monks and the monastics in his books, the conferences and uh, the institutes, he discusses very vividly how a lot of these monks go through the demon of dejection and the demon of acedia, right? Mm -hmm. Or apathia or however you want to describe it, which is basically kind of listlessness, like what current terms for depression, anxiety, you know, not really focused, not wanting to hang. Like he describes it perfectly mm. of what we laymen go through. And, 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 and his remedy for it is exactly the remedy of what some contemporary or modern psychotherapy modalities are. It's absolutely fascinating. I think it's in, I forget which book the conferences are into, but the demon of dejection and the demon of acedia. And, and, and to me, it was amazing. I was like, we're over here thinking that the monastics are never disgruntled or never fall into dejection, despair, mm -hmm. not wanting to be motivated. But in fact, they suffer from it just as much as, as we do. And, and, and to them, it's a demonic attack. Right. And, and, and I think, that's a good way of viewing it. Not that necessarily if you're apathetic or depressed, you're being possessed by a demon, but, but everything is at the end of the day, uh, the result of the fall, the result of the weakness of, of humanity that, that Satan had uh, drawn us into, you know? <clears throat> so do you think pre-fall Adam and Eve just didn't feel, didn't have those off days, those depressed days? Mm -mm. They did it right. I don't um, think so. I don't think yeah. so. There, there, there would be there would be no reason to right. not be motivated. There would be no reason to not feel full of joy. You're in paradise, created in the image of God. You are walking with God. You are filled with love. The Holy Spirit is indwelling in you. There's no need to feel apathetic or. Yeah, and I think kind of like as you're talking and, and describing that, I think you know part of you know the Christian answer to like, what's the purpose of life and meaning and all that. It's, you know, ultimately union with God, right. And in heaven is kind of like essentially where it's at, but how many of us actually think about what that, what that's like, <laughs> like what heaven is like, what is, what that's going to, what we're working towards, what our life, you know, we say this life is, you know, but a blink of an eye kind of right. So, yeah. and that's eternity, but, I, you know, I, I couldn't even, I can't even think, I don't even, I don't think I've really sat down and like thought about like what it's like. And I think sometimes people don't do that because they're scared of an answer they might not like, you know, like, you know, I like, we'll talk about it sometimes in church settings and like, oh, it's, you know, worshiping God all day. And then, you know, everyone's like thinking, oh my God, that sounds really boring. Yeah. <laughs> <I can't, laughs> what? It's like a never ending liturgy. <laughs> oh no. Um, so isn't that isn't that like a part of a huge part of the problem like we can't even we can't even really grasp what what this like place of bliss that we're aiming to go to is so how can we be motivated to live our lives to get there you know excellent point yeah i mean <clears throat> i know we talk in general about how society has kind of become more atheist and agnostic i was i was listening to like uh some Indian guru on, on the Joe Rogan podcast. And he said something very important regarding heaven. And he said, we have deleted the concept of heaven from society as well, too. Mm. You know? And I thought that was very interesting. And I, I'm not sure what religion he was, but, you know, generally speaking, regardless of your faith, and even if you're like atheist, agnostic, there is this general sometimes view of a good place or a blissful place however you want to view it. You know, maybe not the atheists believe that, but mm -hmm. mo most religions. And he said something very important that he correlated with, with the struggle of society right now. And is that it's not only that we deleted or pushed God out, but even the concept of heaven, like you mentioned, has been kind of um, erased, you know? Um, and I think that affects people and their motivation because okay, let's say you don't even believe in God. I think some people in general growing up, society has this general idea of heaven, good place, glorious, hell not. But now that we've removed this kind of final destination yeah. idea, 
of course we're going to be all the more apathetic and amotivated. Like, what is our goal if we don't even believe <clears throat> in an eternity that we're spending with, you know, for us as Orthodox Christians, with Christ and his saints and being united to God? You know, what's to motivate you? Of course, your nine to five is going to be like horrific. Of course, you're you're going to be yeah. miserable when you get into confrontations with your significant other or your kids make you mad. And that's why I think you know, picking back to what we're talking about, those glue conversations are necessary, or at least mm -hmm. meditating on it, because you know, really puts things into perspective. But you're right; we don't often think about the hereafter and the afterlife. You know. Yeah. Um, and when when it is uh, when it is portrayed on television now, it's almost it's it's almost uh, such a joke. It's like satire. Yeah. There is actually a show. I think it's called The Good Place. Uh, it's actually it's apparently a really popular like sitcom or something about people who go to some afterlife based on scores of how good of a person they were, and there's like a mistake and. Uh, one lady ends up in the good place, right? Heaven, <clears throat> who shouldn't be there, and her presence is like causing all these issues. Um, but, um, but it, but their imagination of what the good place is like, it's like food randomly appearing when you want it, or like right. it's like it's 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 a uh, it's like the world, but like a perfect, it's like a utopia, right? It's not, right. they can't even conceive of like what a real heaven the real heaven is like right yeah yeah and i think so, even for us it's hard to put into words like like if you had to put into words what what could you say besides feeling kind of words right yeah i mean it's i mean that's what saint paul said right no eye has seen nor ear heard what god has prepared for those who love him it's indescribable i mean we can look at prophecies of the old testament the divine um you know what isaiah saw in the temple we can look at book of revelation but ultimately no words or feelings can can describe that you know and and we we know of saints who and this would be rare for a regular person to want but they're like they're like hoping to die yeah. you've heard of those saints they're like yeah. take, take me lord yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they actually they have they have that <clears throat> connection because we're taught that you that like heaven and the kingdom is in your heart too right it's like it's yeah. here on earth right we don't have to wait to like yeah, we die, right? So they've already felt it here on Earth, mm. um, and they want to they want to just experience it for eternity. Yeah, there's a story about <laughs> that. Um, just a quick piggyback off of that. There's a story that um, there's an Eastern Orthodox uh, Metropolitan or Bishop Metropolitan George Cheder uh, Choder, and um, I think he's Antiochian, and he went to Egypt to Omina um, Irini's uh, monastery. I think uh, Abu Sifan monastery. And he saw the nuns there and Omina Irini talking casually how, oh, St. Philopatir was just here last week or St. <laughs> John the Baptist um, came by and he's praying for... And the person that relayed the story told me that the Metropolitan, the Antiochian, just started bawling, crying. Mm, wow. and, and they asked him, they're like, say it. I mean, this is a bishop crying. <clears throat> You know, nuns and monks are saying, oh, St. Mina came the other day. Like, he started crying and he said, there's no differentiation with you people between heaven and earth. Mm. And to him, that was so surprising. The, the level of spirituality, the level of asceticism that humans are interacting with the spiritual and the divine in a manner like we're talking right now. Yeah. And to those people, of course, they're happy to go to heaven. They're living heaven. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why Christ said the kingdom of heaven is inside you. We we have the ability to do that. I mean, albeit we're not all blessed to see visions and so forth, like the great spiritual and ascetic ones, but but there's nothing to stop us from becoming saintly and living heaven on earth right now. So uh, that's a story that I love, how he was just crying, like, you guys are living in heaven here. There's no... There's no divide. There's no barrier between you all. And, and that's part of the reason why Christ came to, to, to rip this enmity between us. And, you know, as we say, you know, to make the two into one. So, Yeah. Do you also think that God allows us to have <clears throat> depression and anxiety or apathy and things like that so we can appreciate the 
the good things? Like, is it like, I mean, it's just necessary part of life. Like you can't avoid it and actually you need it. That's a great, that's another great question. Um, uh, of course, man. Come on. <laughs> this is my job here. Coming out yeah, here. <laughs> no, great question. I think God allows every struggle that we encounter in our life for our salvation and for our repentance, regardless of what it may be, whether yeah. it's depression, apathy, a medical illness, failing an exam, a breakup, whatever it may be. I think at the end of the day, his will, like scripture says, is our salvation, our repentance. I do think sometimes it is spiritually therapeutic that when you're struggling or feeling in that hopeless place that that maybe God wants you to turn to him as the hope of those who have no hope, right? That we pray in, in, in the raising of incense. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is virtuous and, and, and a blessed thing to do. But again, when people are going through, uh, if, if they are having severe depression, it's very tough for a lot of people to realize that, that this is an opportunity for me to get closer to God. But, but I do think that God allows much anguish to come closer to him. I mean, look at Job, for example, right? I mean, Job, God allowed the physical calamities to happen to him, his family, um, the whole nine happened to him. And then afterwards, God let this dialogue occur with Job and his friends. And I think a lot of times people forget that Job was having this difficulty with God and he was to the point of that despair. Mm -hmm. um, and even some degree, some people can say a little self-righteous that I did all this, I did everything, why did you do this? And then we see at the end, God gave him even more than he had. So that was a situation where we had a gentleman that was depressed, anguished, contemplating life and death, hopeless, friends coercing him to believe that God doesn't care for him and he broke everything. And it led to him being one of the most revered prophets and righteous ones of the Old Testament. So I think God does allow it for our benefit, but the point is going from, from point A to point B. And actually realizing that is a lot easier said than done when you're kind of down in the in a dark pit. So, for those people who aren't able to get to point B, is that like evidence that God gave you a cross that was too big? Because we we always hear that like God doesn't give anyone a cross they can't they can't carry. Um, so all of Job's tribulations, God knew He could handle them, and and He did. But what about all the people who can't handle them? Like, I've heard this so many times, like, mm. no, nah, man, I can't handle this. And it becomes actually uh, a crisis of faith for, yeah. you know, for many. Um, I mean, is that is that evidence that, I mean, does that just prove that God gave you too big of a cross? Because he wouldn't, he wouldn't want you to doubt him to the point where you don't believe him anymore and, and your salvation is... yeah is is not you know That's assured true. right so why why not give you a lighter burden or maybe you would have failed at that too maybe it was just you you were not you're not one of the chosen ones i don't know yeah no that's that's tough yeah i mean i think we because <clears throat> I mean, people we... dismiss that i just want i want to bring that up because people just say it so flippantly like it's oh, your, yeah, cross. Your, your cross it's 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 like it's god gave it to you so you you can handle it well, yeah. you know, sometimes they're actually really difficult. Death right. in the family, death of a loved one. Right. You're sick with some terrible disease. Yeah. You know, the list is long. It could be a lot of things, but. Yeah. No, that's tough. I mean, I think, I think when we look at struggle and illness from the lens of creation and the fall, and we realize that every consequence of the fall is what led to sickness, illness, death. So it's not that God gave you this as a cross. God allowed it, you know, as a part of human weakness, this occurred to you and God is there to help you. So I don't know. I think sometimes we think of the cross as God just here, here's a cross, follow me. It's, mm -hmm. it's a result <clears throat> of the fall happen. And this is the consequence because I came and offered myself to you, mm -hmm. I can share that with you. Share your suffering with me. That's why St. Paul said, if we suffer with him, we shall be glorified with him. 
right? Um, but I hear you. I mean, there's there's moments where it's like, why did this happen? You know what? You know, I mean, we, we have some great saints in our church that out of nowhere got the worst type of cancer, and they had it with a a, a smile on their faith, and and it might not be that you know. God gave them something too much that they can can't handle, but they depended on God in in those moments, you know. And and I can't help that. I don't know. I feel that in those moments where it's tough to understand, I feel like there's this hidden, invisible grace that no one can see that that is working in that individual that no one can testify about. Yeah. Um, well, I've yeah. I mean, I've seen it go both ways, right? The yeah. person who during tribulation just has the most faith and it's the closest they've ever been to christ and they're leaning on him every step of the way just clinging to him and that's their only hope right mm. and just some just can't do it and they don't do it um what's uh and it's hard it's hard to as a person watching that who hasn't yeah. gone through those similar struggles to, this goes back to what we were talking about from the beginning, right? Talking about purpose, and then at, at this, you know, in a time like this where someone needs a deep, meaningful word, perhaps, yeah, uh, we can't give it, um, or we don't, we don't feel comfortable giving it, um, yeah. Some of those things are mysterious, man. I mean, I think about that all the time. The little kids that out of nowhere die tragically like a drunk driving accident and a child is dead, a mother, four siblings, whatever. And the drunk driver comes out unscathed, not a scratch on him. Like, why does that happen? And, you know, we understand we need to struggle and suffer in this life, but why them? And, and I always think of what St. Anthony said, because St. Anthony had these same questions in the desert. And he's like, why do some live very old, some die young? where is the wisdom in this? And and God frankly told St. Anthony, he said, Anthony, mind your business. Yeah. He said, this is not for you to know. And I, and I think some of these scenarios, mm -hmm. you know, and the consequence of that, of people losing their faith, it may seem to us that they lost their faith. They may be saying certain words, but we don't know what's happening in their hearts. And, and, you know, we talked about heaven. I'm assuming, I'm hoping, I'm praying that, God willing, when we get to heaven, that all these sufferings will be revealed to have been for a greater purpose that, that we can't see for right now. You reminded me of the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, hmm. um, where after the rich man, you know, is, is sent to Hades and he's like, uh, oh, please just go warn my family or whatever and things like that or. Yeah. Like they they had Moses and the prophets, and mm. even if I send an angel, they won't listen to them, right? So, yeah, for people who ultimately do, you know, just don't choose the path of godliness. I think is it that God is so merciful that He always gives everyone the opportunity, a million opportunities throughout their life that. It actually is the judgment has to be just, right? That no matter what would have happened, no matter what would have been sent to them, the, the outcome would have been the same. Is that kind of what that parable is saying? I think, um, I'm not totally sure. I think, the, I think the parable is, you know, he's trying to say that you had your moment, you had your time. Like for us as mm -hmm. Christians, I don't think there's an excuse for us to say we didn't know or we didn't understand or we didn't have this, you know, um, especially nowadays with scripture and everything there. But I think it's more that you didn't do your part on earth. You were not, you know, merciful and, and, and kind. And, and that's the reality of the situation where you may end up. Do you ever think about death? Oh yeah, I think about it all the time. Oh yeah, as I'm driving at night. Yeah, I'm always like, well, you know, I deal with car accidents a lot, right? It's part of my, it's part of my job. Um, I'm I'm always thinking, not always, like every day. I'm not I'm not thinking about it every day. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so, you, know, I hear you. you know, when I'm driving at night, sometimes I'm like, 
you know, what if I just, what if I just get hit by this truck right now and die? Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of an, it's interesting to think about because I end up thinking about, and maybe this is vain, but like what, what people will think about me, what, what people will say about me. Um, less so about, and this is kind of an overshare, less so about whether I'll end up in heaven. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm taking it for granted that I'll be there and I need to work harder, but it's more about like, did I, did I leave, did I leave behind people like in a better, kind of like you were saying earlier, like in a better place, mm. like the people who I interacted with, the people I met, um, were they better off for it or are their lives worse for it? Kind of. Yeah. I also just, uh, you know, think about the actual car accident like i, I wouldn't want to no no, no, no. <laughs> yeah i, I, I want I, it to be swift but um no i think about that all the time man I, I i do the same thing and and so many people think of you know these scenarios and life and then but not a lot of people talk about it that's that's mm-hmm. the big deal you'd be so surprised i mean i hear people talk um you know, all the day about their thoughts and so forth. These thoughts about death, Part of your job, right? Life yeah. and value. You know, I think about it all the time, man. I think about, you know, if something were to happen to me, you know, how would my family do? What would they do next? You know, make sure, um, you know, I think about my salvation, like you mentioned. I, I pray that, God willing, I, uh, I'll be able to go upstairs and, and so forth. But I think it's, I think it's completely like, it's completely normal to think about that, especially as humans, you know, where our life is limited and uh, death will come to us all, you know? And um, I think it's healthy to a degree for us to think about those moments, think about the next phase. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's what St. Paul did, you know? So when St. Paul was knowledgeable of his upcoming death, he was preparing and and thought about it that way. And it's, it's completely normal to have those, you know, fleeting thoughts that occur all the time and, yeah. and kind of think about purpose and death and life and sickness as well as a big one. What if I get really sick one day or, um, would you want to know when and how you're going to die? Like if you can just, God will tell you and some, cause some people do, God does give them that vision, right? That yeah. foresight, like, and they know beforehand, like, all right, I'm going to die next week. <laughs> like, would you want to know? Like, I think hey, that was. Hey. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got good news and I got bad news, buddy. Yeah. Here's the good news. <laughs> the bad news is it's in five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So honestly, yeah. honestly, I think so. I think I think that's why. <clears throat> what if it was like? Yeah, go ahead. No, I want. I mean, you know that the Abuna Bishoy camel and. He called cancer the disease of paradise, right? Um, and that's because they, you know, tick tock, tick tock till we can kind of guesstimate when you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, Marad al Fardos, that God let them know when they're leaving so they could prepare accordingly. I think from a spiritual point of view, um, it'd be beneficial. But then again, it's like you're just preparing because you're knowing you're going to die. You're not you're not preparing as like your status quo, what should be your baseline because you love God. Also, it's a lot of pressure. Like, how could you how could you know you're gonna die in a year and not live every day as like a yeah. saint? Like, what's your excuse? Like you literally you know, <laughs> like you know you need to do XYZ. It's like That's a test. Terrible. Like it's it's like the difference between like not knowing when a test is and knowing when a test. If I knew my test was next week. I mean, or why aren't you studying? I feel like it's more a lot more pressure, you know, as opposed to I don't I don't know when I'm gonna die. I'm die when I'm 85, you know. I, yeah. I can repent at 70, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I can't yeah. walk anymore. Um, but there's also the flip side that, <clears throat> like, let's say you know you're gonna die in a year. Some people may go crazy when it comes to like, hey, I gotta live it up, you know, and it could lead people to live a more sinful life potentially like hey if they don't believe if they don't believe but even man i mean you know let's say you have a bucket list of things you want to do some things that may be sinful or non-sinful i hate those bucket lists yeah (laughs) what's to say that you know your life is on on the shot clock right now and 
you know, even though this is something maybe sinful, I've always wanted to do it. Let me knock it out. Even for believers, I mean, you know, we all believe in Christ, yet we all fall and we still commit <clears throat> sin. But, um, but I'd like to think that the spirituality would for sure ramp up more frequent confessions, repentance. I mean, you put in your two weeks notice for sure though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not last year. I got to get my pension for the family. No? I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> I mean, it would make you a little apathetic to a degree that. It, it might get boring work, to be honest, cares. right? Yeah if, like, yeah. if you like, you quit work Yeah. and you have a whole year. Um, it could be great if you, if you, know what you're gonna do with your time yeah, yeah. It, it could just be normal i mean i don't know it, yeah. it's it's interesting to think about yeah. um yeah i don't i don't know if i'd want to know i'd probably I, i'd want to know if it was like within the next like six months <laughs> if yeah. it's like 10 years from now i don't i don't know if i want to know but i think i think the you know I think it, it can really determine the authenticity of your relationship with God. Exactly, yeah. You know, big time, right? Like, I'm thinking, <clears throat> I'm thinking about it right now. I don't know, like, I don't know. I A lot of times I deal with overthinking and, like, guilt. I, I may feel a little guilty, like, I'm doing all these spiritual things now mm -hmm. that I know I'm about to die. But wait a minute, Abe. You knew you were going to die at some point beforehand. You know what Christ did for you. You know the end goal. Right. Just because now, you know, there's, um, um, you know, you're in the fourth quarter and you got to hit the game winner. Now you're playing defense. Like, yeah. Kind of hard on yourself there, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Cut yourself some slack. <laughs> fourth quarter, uh, man. All the pressure. Yeah, man. You like the, you like the, the shine. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, well, we are supposed to be living every day like it's our last, right? Like right. theoretically as, as Christians, right? They used to say Maranatha, right? Which right. I'm not even sure what it translates to, but like he's here. What does it mean? Like, Amen, come Lord. Amen, come Lord, right? Yeah. Um, that's tradition, right? Like what the what the believers said to each other after Christ resurrected, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and uh, ascended oh. into heaven, right? Yeah. Um and I don't think that's that's not something we say anymore, but it's Unfortunately, not Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, we revive it. Maybe we get it going again. Yeah. Uh how would you say how do you say it in English? What you I say? think I think it's Amen, come Amen. Lord. Amen. O, come o Lord. Lord come, come Lord, something like that. Yeah. Probably one of that's the not gonna, that's not gonna scare anybody off. <laughs> yeah, one, one of one of the fact checkers can uh, check me on that. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, but that see, might, yeah. <laughs> but that might be that might be uh that might be a great way to start those blue conversations. I mean, you roll up to a party or something or a gathering and say, "Amen, Maranatha." You may get some <laughs> weird looks, but at least it'll start a a dialogue. I mean, I was reading um, I forget if I heard this in a sermon or a book. I'm not gonna try to quote it from anything mm -hmm. but, but i remember that in the early centuries in the <clears throat> church you know how like we text each other yo what's up andrew how are you mm -hmm. or i give you a call christos aneste what's up man how that uh, i read somewhere i heard that in the early church their way of social interaction is that they would ask one another how's your prayer life hmm. like as an opener like as an opener hey what's up how's your not even before what's up before hey. Like, hey, how are how's you? Your how's your how's your prayer life? And <clears throat> I don't know if it's that specific of, of <clears throat> the phrase, but how are you doing spiritually, essentially? Can you imagine <clears throat> in the early church where God was number one, they were living Christos Aneste, they were living Christ is risen, and that was their dialogue with one another. <clears throat> how's your spiritual life doing? And, you know, for a couple buddies of mine, I I told them, like, you know, let's start asking each other. Let's call and we can cut this uh, superficial stuff and how's your prayer life? It's not a judgment thing. You ask me, how's my prayer life? Mm -hmm. Maybe we need something like that. The amen Maranatha. Maybe we need to talk about our death. How, how close do you have to be with someone to ask them a question like that? Well, like, I mean, I think, I think it has to be someone that it has to be mutual, right? Like, right, right. Like it has right. to be like, we're in agreement that we're going to ask each other this. Or I do you so? 
or or there's some kind of like maybe more of like a big brother little brother relationship maybe uh, yeah because because if you just do it to an acquaintance it might come across yeah. as judgy right exactly like little, like, exactly no why I are you think... asking me that dude yeah <laughs> how's I mean, your prayer life i mean yeah i think people that you know and they know that what you mean by it and maybe something you discuss i know one of my buddies i told them um hey let's you know let's always ask each other how's your prayer life how's your spiritual life mm-hmm. if it's in the if it's really bad let's be honest with each other give each other pointers and maybe going from a small group of friends kind of build on that mm-hmm. and eventually maybe one day all of us will ask each other like hey Abe, how's your how's your wednesday and friday fasting going uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of off, you know, I, I missed a few weeks. How's yours going in, in, a, in a fraternally brotherly way? Cause it, ha- it has to be talked about. It has to be asked. I think a lot of us just use the cop out of, uh, you know, everyone brings up the St. Francis of Assisi quote, you know, preach the kingdom uh, and <clears throat> use words if necessary yeah. kind of thing. So we're just like, you know, I'm just going to show everyone my prayer. I'm going to show everyone blah 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 but i don't have to say anything or ask them or "Mm." i mean there's some truth to that of course but who uh, you know people aren't going to be observing you and knowing your conduct all the time and sometimes people actually want to share you know they want to tell you they want to they want somebody to ask you know they don't they don't want you to just be an example they want you to exactly and the problem is if you have enough people that want someone to ask them but no one is asking then we're just all here twiddling our thumbs and you know no one's uh, getting anywhere and and i think i think a big problem is and i do this all the time we need to stop compartmentalizing our spiritual life Mm. we need to stop and and we do this all the time you know whether in sunday school meetings church we've heard sermons on it like like there shouldn't be a this is my spiritual life this is my social life this is my personal life this is my work life mm-hmm. we need to get rid of that yeah everything we do is spiritual every single thing we do Talamahna, we were created in god's image game set match and you were baptized yeah game over Abe, you know who reminded me of this? Yeah. Some hippie lady that I was working with. I had a mediation. And these mediations, they can go long sometimes, like four hours, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. And I was with her. She was, like, on my team. And we were talking about work, life, blah, blah, blah. And I expre- expressed a little bit of, like, boringness um, from this mediation and, and work and stuff. And Because I like working with people and, like, building them up and being outdoors and things like that. Um, and <laughs> this, this w- woman was amazing. She like, just gave me this great message about, you know, you can do that and you can inspire people and everything and, and all things that you do and wow. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, I can be, I can be living that spiritual life in every task and everyone yeah. I interact with doesn't have to be in certain settings where it's more conducive to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, she, she imparted like a bit of like spirituality to to me right and we were just in a meeting um so yeah it's 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 really important no that's so true man i mean i think we once we realize we're spiritual beings i think the i think the rest will improve a little bit like the apathy the struggles with work the overthinking once we i mean I, i don't i don't meditate on that enough that i'm a i'm a mobile temple of the holy spirit whether i like it or not i've mm-hmm. been baptized chrismated yes i have my flaws yes i have my many sins and weaknesses but but i think once we view ourselves as mini christs or you know mobile christs then everything we do should have a spiritual flavor and element to it everything you know even our eating our drinking our interaction social and the reason why it's all the more spiritual, not just because, you know, we were created in God's image, but the mystery of the incarnation. God became man and blessed every domain of our humanity. Mm-hmm. 
and he made it one with him and and so everything we do is a sanctified process you know we we are we're mysteries you know and that's probably why we're doing this podcast and trying to figure out what this mystery is all about because we were a mystery that has been ordained by christ himself i remember hearing someone talk about that too about how God is the creator of everything, is in everything, even even wood, like in objects and everything, right? Everything that's alive is alive because God keeps it alive. Everything, mm. animals, ourselves, just yeah. anything around you. So everything, everything can be like a a way to connect with with God. And you know, people who live like that, right? Yeah, where they can they can be in awe of like a wall, you know. Or yeah. a tree, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe the wall is a little extreme, but yeah, no, um, I hear you. But and and I think it's it's something like we we live such a fast paced life that we don't slow down and just really appreciate every little thing around yeah. us. And the yeah. more we're able to do that, the more we will feel God's presence in our life. Yeah. Um, Especially the outdoors, you know, you mentioned looking at a tree. I don't do enough of that, to be honest with you, man. Well, I I think about this all the time, actually, Abe. Like, the way society is constructed, it's like, it's meant, like, it's constructed in a way where we're indoors an unhealthy amount of time. Like, I do yeah. not think a human being is supposed to be indoors. Like, you know, add up the time you're sleeping plus the time, you know, maybe you're working a desk job or most jobs are indoors even if they're not desk jobs right um that's like i mean it's going to add up to like 20 hours of your day at even the car the car's indoors you yeah. drive your car to go somewhere else indoors like people are not outdoors enough it's like scary it's scary yeah. i mean forget the health benefits right like a vitamin d right and all the vitamin d deficiency but it's just like yeah. it's unnatural like how do you how can you experience god and his beauty and you're like in a 700 square foot room you know yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it's not right like just being able to look up um see the sun see the clouds it's yeah just, it's just different you know yeah and that's why the monastics you know they're they're very one with nature you know whether the desert wilderness or a lot of the russian ascetics you know they lived in the wilderness were friendly with animals because you, you see god and his love and and his grand design when, when you look at the wilderness and nature and so forth so mm-hmm you guys have like access to parks and nature and all that stuff where you yeah are? yeah we have we have a lot of parks and i think more of like the camping hiking stuff is a little bit more in the rural areas because you know houston's pretty you know like uh, concrete jungle like uh, more industrial and you know city limits and so forth but there's plenty of things to do outdoor i mean we have galveston that's 45 minutes away we have you know lakes plenty of lakes and so forth and and that's one thing I've always wanted. You know, one thing I've been missing, and I feel like it's an important part of spirituality and social, is having like a very therapeutic um, hobby. You know what I mean? Like uh, fishing. Yeah, like fishing, yeah. gardening, um, mm-hmm. some some hands-on, like meditative, calm right. hobby. You know, I never really. I mean. I, yeah, we play basketball, you know, going to the gym, albeit I haven't worked out in some time, but that's another story. But like, great, man. Oh, uh, thanks, man. But but in general, I, I never had like a therapeutic hobby. And I don't think a lot of our parents generation, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really think a lot of our, our parents, you know, speaking honestly, really yeah. have, have that either. I mean, I know we rode our bikes when we were younger. And you know, they taught us yeah. how to do that. But I think, you know, that's something I really need to work on is finding like something therapeutic to turn to when stress builds up. If I kind of need some peace, use it as like oneness time, stillness time. That's definitely something on, on my list that I've been trying to yeah. do for so long. So I, I'm a big believer in, I mean, this is why I really want like a home with like a big backyard and stuff. Yeah, you know, part of that's the gardening stuff, but like raising animals and things, mm. like chickens, uh, whatever. Yeah. It's just it's 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 kind of like just being tapped into nature, right? But yeah, because there there are there are hobbies that you can do uh, to create things, or you know, digital design and things like that. Like I, I don't know if it's the same. 
Yeah. No, I, I really do think, um, you know, that's a beautiful point. The whole, you know, being in touch with the wilderness and we don't, we don't talk about it enough. I think in, in the church kind of the outdoors and the interaction with, with yeah. God and creation. Have you ever prayed an outdoor liturgy? Uh, They're so amazing. I don't know what it is about them. I prayed one recently. It was kind of in like a, I don't know, just some outdoor space with like a, yeah, gazebo or something, yeah. and it just it was great. Beautiful. I mean, yeah. there's the the church is beautiful. Obviously, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something about just that openness, uh, yeah. that kind of like infinite. You know, yeah. when you look up, as I'm opposed to, to walls and things like that. Yeah, I don't um, think I've uh, I don't think I've participated in an outdoor liturgy. We did an outdoor raising of incense. Um, you know the altar on the mountain at St. Anthony's? Mm-hmm. I never went to it. But oh, I really? Know. Yeah. You no, gotta... I was too afraid of Abuna Moses driving. Yeah, you got to really... Um, he hasn't taken... I think actually last time I was at the Dare was... Might have been with you a couple years back, or maybe that was the second last trip. But yeah, I didn't. We didn't go up there. I think. Yeah, maybe. we didn't go. He took me up one time, and that was really after a lot of begging and planning, and and we went and we prayed raising of incense there, and it was just absolutely gorgeous. And and they, mm -hmm. I think they do liturgy once a month up there. I'm not, I'm not sure, but but um, it was beautiful. Yeah, if you have a nice SUV, he'll take you in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. We've had uh, we've had many good stories with Abuna and and he's his, like, uh, "What do you drive?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, let's go. His uh, his Durango. Yeah, he's great, man. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a very person, very yeah. saintly monk. Yeah. yeah, he really is. He uh, deceivingly saintly too, but we'll, we'll talk about him on another day. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, buddy, anything else on your mind? No, man, I think, I don't know, I think we covered a, a, a good amount of stuff, Andrew. I think we talked about life, we talked about death, we talked about, you know, the feelings of blah that we may be experiencing, the role of life, society. I think we we covered a good amount of things, man. I don't, I don't know if it's like a turning point where, you know, I've been having this feeling like something needs to be different. We need to do something differently with like the way we approach things at like an individual communal friends level and that's really been on my mind how we just you know how we need to stop keeping our like mouths closed and we just gotta we gotta talk about the hereafter god the deep stuff uh, i really think that that's important of course with caution like we descri described and discussed but mm -hmm. um I mean, you you recently, congratulations, had a, a little baby girl. Yeah, is, is thank that, you. Has that been part of, like, this kind of uh, focus recently, or was it no, even before that? No, not so much. I think just in, just, just in general, you know, I think, um, you know, I think looking at life in general and, like, purpose and meaning and so forth, mm -hmm. um, I think definitely when you go through you know, the next step in life, marriage, having children and so forth. I think, I think you think about these things more and more because now it's like you have the responsibility for yourself, your family, now your, your children, and you want what's best for them. And you want to be able to talk about the things that matter, the, the in-depth things, because God knows the world is going to teach us all, all the bad stuff. So if we, if we at least keep, you know, our eyes focused on the in-depth stuff, you know, that'll kind of motivate us. So, mm -hmm. but if someone wants to be able to talk more in depth about things, like I feel people think that they have to be knowledgeable or smart or wise, or like have read all the church fathers and the Bible every day. Um, but I'm not like, I'm not that kind of person, but I'm having this conversation with you. Can you hear the echo? No, 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 I can't. Oh, okay. I can't, yeah. uh, I can hear it. But uh, I mean, I think like these are conversations people have had like since the beginning of time. They're not new, you know? Yeah. Um, I, philosophers have pondered these questions forever. Right. And everyone comes up with different answers, but it's the process itself of asking the questions and talking yes. about it. It's, yeah. It's important. Right. You don't have to have the answer 
to have the conversation. I think that's what people are scared of. Like, yeah, I don't know, so I can't talk about this. But no, you can just talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No one, and who who has the right answer? We, Pope Tawadros. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, I, I say that. Of course, I'm I'm not saying we yeah, don't have yeah. the right faith, and but at the end of the day, God is a mystery. Why I was born, and you know, and uh, in the time I was born, why I'm living, how am I living? Right. What's my per- who has the answers to these? But the point is, is that like you mentioned those questions stir us to healthy beneficial dialogue mm-hmm. and it and i believe it's questions we all have and in the right context with the right people it can bear a lot of fruit you know i mean think about you know you you mentioned a handful of stories where someone that you didn't expect said something to you and it it hit a chord so imagine if you're with your friends, those that you love from your same church community. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit is present. You know that that's all the more mm-hmm. uh, situation like that where you know where we can kind of spark these these healthy conversations. In my opinion, I don't know. I I feel like that's something that's been been lacking overall, and kind of one of those walk very gently type things. But yeah. Well, it was so much fun having this conversation yeah. with you, and uh, I'm sure we'll do it again. And next time you text or call me, I want you to ask how my spiritual life is. I how will. My, I how have my, that how my prayer, right? How my prayer <laughs> life is. <laughs> It'll be a short text. <laughs> short we'll do, man. Man, we're all we're all struggling, man. We're all in this together. We're all members of the body, man. And this life is tough. Christ never said it was easy, but. You know, we depend on him. We do our part. We try. We keep going. And and we go from there, man. Amen, brother. Thanks so much again. Appreciate it. Amen, Andrew. Thank you so much, man. I had a blast. This was great. Likewise.